Shab Flores and I and everything else in the world that we're dealing with. Um, we just wanted to talk to you today again about what God's put on our heart, what we're working through, what he's showing us. Uh, and I'll tell you, I think along with everybody else in at least the United States, probably around the world, that we're experiencing, of course, a move of God uh, in a direction I think that's uh, kind of serious, you know, um, the more and more we see uh, in our in our culture, in our world, uh, the things that are, are happening, I think the more people are, are waking up to the reality uh, of the war that we're in, you know, the spiritual war that we're in and uh, taking it seriously, seeking God, getting on their knees, you know, things like the the, the revivals we're seeing in colleges. And I know even personally within my own uh, circle of influence, my own sphere, Chad, I've, I've seen a move, you know, with my men's group growing and with our men's group uh, as a whole in, in our church, it's growing huge. And people are pushing aside their, their worries about what other people think and just, you know, reaching out. And being bold in how they reach out to to God, and being more bold about sharing who they are with others, uh, there's a there's a sense of urgency here, and, and I think that's uh, evident in in a lot of different areas, you know, in our lives. I don't know if you're seeing the same thing or not, but yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, a little a little bit here from from my heart to to everyone listening is I, I think that I wanted to say we're we're trying to do more than just talk about stuff like we're, you know, <laughs> which is funny because we're on a podcast talking about it. But the, <laughs> the point of the podcast is that we're putting our money where our mouth is like literally, you know, we talk about wild at heart. I've been through the book three times now, or I'm on my third time teaching it to a group of guys. How's the feel guy? Like we're, it's not just about checking off a list that say we read a book. Like we're trying to dig deep and trying to impact other men. And, you know, as I've had a few, few meetings now with, with these young guys, mostly young guys, like God is showing up. And that was really what was on my heart. Like when I was talking to my pastor about it, like I said, Hey, I got to do something. Um, and essentially what I want to do is present an opportunity and let God do what God does. You know, I'll share the info and, and help guide and anything I can glean, but God's going to be the one that, that does the work. And then kind of where this, you know, where our previous conversation kicked off was going through the barbarian way, which apparently we've had on our <laughs> website. Thanks so, to, our, thanks. so our website's been there since the beginning. We just need to pay more attention, I think, <laughs> to our yeah. readings. <laughs> thanks to Judd for the recommendation. But this guy, Erwin McManus... And his books is another one, Last Arrow, that I just read through. Um, both really, really stirred my faith. And so it's like, it's no coincidence it's happening in the world and it's happening, you know, in the U.S. is happening in our personal lives. And God's going to use different things, different books, and obviously the scriptures, you know, still going through the Proverbs and things like that. Um, so I, I think maybe the, a little bit of the premise of the talk today, though, could be the, the funny thing I just realized, Pete, is everything that I'm really reading about is faith move, um, which, you know, is not the calculated risk. But yet here you are, a risk management guy, you know, and so 
what's uh, and you just came out of a, a seminar and all these kind of things. And so how do we speak to some wisdom, you know, on on the fact that you know, we get inspired and we're going to do everything and dive in. We love Jesus and nothing can stop us to like, all right, hold up a second there, cowboy. <laughs> no. yeah. The reality of the situation is a little bit different. I, I work with a lot of mission organizations and, and, you know, hey, missions, a lot of people think missions, I'm going to Mexico or I'm going to, you know, Costa Rica or something like that, which can be, you know, high risk, uh, depending on where you're going, obviously, we're Four people get kidnapped in Mexico a couple days ago, and two got killed. Um, yeah. But uh, when it comes to like the daily life of uh, a person who lives in a, a closed country, and a closed country for everybody is is where there's no freedom of religion, you know, freedom of speech. You, you're your state sanctioned religion, so if you go to church, whatever the church the state sanctions and says you can go to, it's your family gets one Bible per person. If you get a Bible at all. Um, but there's a lot of people that live in that atmosphere and are used to living in it and have to live a certain way. And it's, I, I was mapping it out one time with a underground church um, and the way they operated in, in a certain country. And uh, I'm like, you guys are a terrorist cell. That's exactly how you operate. It's crazy, but they have <laughs> to do it that way. And they're looked at that way too, by their, their host, the, the government, they're looked at as terrorists. They're breaking their laws. So they, they go after them. But those people have to live a certain way. And sometimes we come in with our idealistic view of things of, hey, I'm fighting the fight, you know, and I'm going to take the fight to the enemy and I'm praying. And I, I am, whenever an American, American says that they're being persecuted, I kind of snicker. I was like, ah, there's a certain level. You're, you're being harassed, maybe. Yeah. persecuted. I don't think we've ever experienced that here in the United States. There's a lot of restrictions and things like that. There's a lot of arguments, but there's nobody saying that you can't go out and, and worship a church that you can only own one Bible or that you're going to be arrested. If you're caught on the street corner, there are countries out there that are, that are doing that UK. It's really bad right now. Like hate speech is it, you, they can label pretty much anything as hate speech. So if you go on the corner and you start preaching, you might get arrested. Uh, Canada, same thing. So it's not like it's not coming the United States it can be here, but we're not there yet. And so I always tell people, it's like, if you're, if you're ready to go, you know, you're ready to go and uh, you want to take that risk and you want to um, be a part of uh, reaching the unreached or going into those dangerous situations, you have to really count the cost. Most people don't. I talked to men who went into the situation thinking they're a Christian, they've been in a seminary, were pastors, went into a situation. One guy went to Iraq got taken by a terrorist cell, uh, was on his knees and they're saying, Hey, you're going to, you're going to renounce your faith. And then we'll, we'll give you some medical care or something like that. And then while he was on there and he was kind of fighting with it a little bit, but while he was on his knees, he realized he wasn't even a Christian. And he was like, why am I here? What am I doing this for? Who am I doing this for? I had this idealistic view of course, of what it was. He's still not a Christian. He actually just denounced everything he did and never went back to it. Um, but he didn't understand really because he never really thought about the cost and counted the cost. And I think that's something we need to do right now as we're going through this is really count the cost, try and get more of a realistic view instead of an idealistic view of what that means to, to really give up your life for Christ. Not that we're running toward martyrdom. That's another religion. That's not Christianity. None of us are called to be martyrs. People might be martyrs, but they're not called to be martyrs. 
Uh, God wants us to have life and life more abundant. It's never his plan for any of us to die. That's really really good. I mean, that clears it up. It makes it simple. And it's like, if you're ready to do this, you know, and you're ready to take the risk, nobody wants to discourage anybody from doing that. But like I said, it's time for us to count the cost and understand that there's nothing clean or neat or easy about the walk. Uh, if you really are, are looking to fulfill your calling in Christ, it's probably going to be, it's probably going to be, mean some difficulty. The minute you say yes to God, start walking that he's going to open doors. He's going to clear pathways, but there's nothing that says it's going to be easy. You yeah. know? So, and that's I, I, a little bit about the barbarian way is that well, the whole premise is exactly how you said it. There's not the sanitary walk with Jesus is like, that's, that's not a thing. Um, and it actually requires risk. It actually requires that we walk by faith, not by sight, not by security. It actually requires or, or guarantees, uh, it, it doesn't guarantee safety and comfort and that everybody's going to like us and all that stuff. And I, I, when I wrote, when I was reading it, I wrote the one guarantee that Jesus gave us is that in this world, you will have you know, trouble yeah. to take heart of overcoming yeah yeah he's overcome the world um the i like this the way of the barbarian is contrary to the safe religious sanctuaries of our time so we're kind of talking about two things so you know in your world mission work and people going and actually rescuing and serving in in nations outside of the u.s typically right and then you know on the flip side we want to talk to those that are here in the U.S., in a safe, open, free country right now that aren't actually taking the risk that they could take, the, the courageous faith. And so it's, I want to just delineate that there's two, there's two different subjects here. Yeah. One where there's actual risk that you have to be smart about, which is when you call up Pete and you say, I want to go to this country. And he says, do not go there. Or if you're going to go talk to this guy or, you yeah. know. And then I'll never tell is, you not to go. I'll just make some good recommendations for how to do it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if, if the Lord's telling you, he's going to say, I'm not going to say that the Lord's not telling you, but if you're going to go, you need to do this. Just make sure um, it's actually God telling you. Yeah, <laughs> and so, I, yeah, actually in the book, I remember writing or thinking what God requires you to risk and what you figure out for yourself, you cannot require of somebody else. I mean, if it's specific to you, like, and you can't put that on somebody, that's, that's for you to stand before him and say, yeah, I obeyed your word. And you can't hold it, anybody else to that. Um, and we have to be, we have to be honest about that. <laughs> we have to be really honest. So I want to say, like, to, to those that aren't going into the mission field, like, there is, there is a Christianity that we are not even scratching the surface on in terms of uh, the courageous faith that really I think is expected of us, you know? And I mean, Jesus came in, he turned all the religious stuff upside down and just spoke truth. He spoke it in love, but it doesn't always mean that it wasn't offensive. Yeah. You know? (laughs) It almost always was actually, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, it might might be offensive at first, especially if you're not open to listening to what he's actually trying to say in love, it's going to be offensive. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can mm-hmm. do about that. But 
you're you're right. It's the thing is we have the opportunity right now. What I see is we don't have restrictions. We don't have a lot of barriers to to being bold and to taking risks here. Uh, and the risk we're taking is actually not that bad. And I'm guilty of this. Like like I've told you before. I mean. I was worried about posting something on social media once. I'm like, what the heck is wrong with me? You know, these guys are out here on the street corner preaching, knowing they're going to arrest. It's one guy I knew, called him John. Uh, he was Uzbek. And he would go out on the street corner and preach on purpose so that he could get arrested. And then he would witness to his interrogators and get them, get them saved. And I'm sitting here going, now, I'm not saying go do that. He was very in tune with what God was specifically telling him to do. And I could tell when I talked to him, you could tell he, he heard from God. Um, but it's like, what, why am I so worried right now about this, this little stuff and thinking that God's not going to take care of me? And it is the comfort. I think that's the trap. Like the people who are in those situations where it's, it's very cut and dry, very clear, the risk. Um, you know, if you do this, you will get arrested. And there's a lot of pressure to do things right. And then you're either going to do it or you're not at that point. You know, if you really love God, you're going to, you're going to, and, and you know, the calling and you're going to choose. I'm either going to capitulate to the controllers, you know, the handlers, or I'm going to go and, and do what God's called me to do. Whereas where we're at in our culture, it's not clear. It's not cut and dry. We haven't experienced persecution. We haven't experienced this stuff that really makes that, that choice clear. It puts us into a complacency. It puts us into a, um, a being lulled to sleep kind of state where we have so much comfort and stuff. Why are we going to give that up for, for anything? It's often more of a difficult choice to take risk in the atmosphere yeah. we live in than it is for the person who, who's presented with a clear-cut choice. And that's, I think, a lot of our, our issue right now in, in our culture is we've got a lot of comfort, including myself. We've got a lot of comfort, things that we would have to possibly give up in order to to be be bold, you know. Yeah, I, I would say we're not facing life and death. We're we're facing pride and comfort and you know status and all that kind of stuff. And it actually, it, we have to ask. You kind of said it earlier. You know, what am I willing to risk? And a way in the book that he asked it is say, what is my significance rather than what is my religion. And so yeah. your significance in your obedience and walking out your faith. Uh, something else that actually you're stirring up in me, if you want to get a picture of what it could look like, is go watch Jesus Revolution. Amazing movie. Yeah. I, I literally welled up three or four times in the movie. Don't um, spoil it, man, because I haven't seen it yet. I yeah, and I would just bad. go watch it. Everybody needs to go watch it and support, first of all, support that kind of movie in the industry. Like, did phenomenal um, it's quality. I mean, you got Kelsey Grammer, who's a, you know, A-lister. Academy Award winning actor, you know? And so, um, but I, I just said to myself, like how, what, what lessons could we learn from, you know, the sixties and seventies, uh, and, and make sure because there is a move obviously happening, make sure that we don't repeat mistakes and that we're allowing, whatever it looks like to happen. Like we cannot have these clean, sanitized, civilized, you know, we talk about wild at heart, like the, the, the civilized men in the church that 
yes, how are you doing? Great. Everything's perfect. Med Flanders. Hello, neighbor. (laughs) Yeah, just, just, uh, he's a nice guy. And the next chapter goes into, we're all just posing anyway. It's a bunch of posers, right? So it's going to take this kind of barbaric, open, crazy, wild, courageous faith. Um, and, and hopefully, hopefully we'll have learned lessons from the past and be able to accept everyone that is coming to Christ. And then the biggest thing for me is whether you're in a, you know, foreign nation or our nation. And, oh yeah, one more thing I want to clarify. It's not that you and I want our nation to be a place where we're persecuted. Like, no, we love, we love the U S and we don't are not ignorant and fools to think that it's just going to remain this simple, easy thing. Um, so yes, that's, that's a little side note, but, but just coming back to the point, like we want to make sure that people don't just hear about Jesus and have an emotional experience, but that we can help them walk out a life. And we, and I don't want to, when people accept Christ, I don't want to then try to cage them in and, make them civilized. I mean, a, a John yeah. the Baptist yeah. and a Jesus, you know, would not fit in in today's world. No, they got to go out. You, you, you bring them in, they get that initial, you know, change of heart, receive Christ, but then discipleship and then push them out. Yeah, you, you know, quit. They got to do whatever God's called them to do. And it's not something that should be controlled by any leader, uh, a Christian leader or anything else. I mean, that's, we're all called into leadership. Every single Christian is called to lead. And you have to understand that. It's like, well, I'm just doing the thing at the door. It's like, no, you're, you have part of the, your commission, the great commission. I like the word because I was a commissioned officer, right? Yeah. Commissioned officers are leaders. You are part of the great commission. You're commissioned to lead the, the blind, you know, the, the lost, the enslaved to freedom, no matter who you are. So you have to step into that role in order to actually fulfill that. So in whatever, I, I, I got that a lot, you know, when I was younger, you're not a leader, you're not a leader, you're not meant to do this. Just sit, sit back in the back, you know, do your thing and talk to somebody every once in a while, maybe, or whatever, but that's not, you know, the goal is to everybody to receive Christ. You know, we know maybe that's not going to happen, but what, what if it did? What if every single person on earth was able to hear, you know, about the word? We have the technology now. There's no reason why it couldn't happen. But mm-hmm. we don't have the leaders, the, the harvesters need to get out there and do it. Um, but I do think, you know, what we're doing here is trying to inspire you. I know listening to Shad and I, maybe that helps a little bit. But we have definitely got some great guests coming up that we're looking forward to hearing their testimonies. And, and they're just guys. Like us, all of us, we're just people. We're no better, no worse than anybody else in God's eyes. The difference is you're either obedient, and that's what what really your testimony should be all about. I obeyed what God called me to do, and now I'm going to share that with somebody else so that inspires them to step into that role that God has for you as a leader uh, in the church. That's what we're all called to do. So, yeah, I mean, if I could, if I could leave the guys with one thing today. Um... You know, if you think about it like this, it's transform, not conform. It's create, be creative, not compliant. It's liberate. Says it this way: We're most fully alive when we are on adventure with God. That's a faith walk. 
Good.